Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for stage three of the Tour de France Femme of Exwift from Rams to Epanay. 134 k's long and a puncher stage because whilst the climbs weren't, I would say, numerous, we only have, well, four categorized climbs, they were very steep. Cote de Mutiny, still can't get it right, 1k, 11.5%. Then the Mont Bernon, which was after a 10k valley, 700 meters, 6.9%. That was like 4.5k's to the finish, which itself... The last 250, 300 meters of it was like 8, 9% plus, really punchy finish. So I liked Lippet for it. I think I picked Kapeki. I doubled down on Kapeki. Uh, we'll see whether that was the right <laughs> decision uh, for this stage. But this show, as always, is brought to you by Zwift. Whether you're just starting out on your cycling journey or are looking for those final tune ups ahead of a big event or race, Zwift is the online cycling platform that makes things fun as well as being the name sponsor of the Tour de France firm Avec Swift and this podcast if you want to find out more about Zwift the platform the race go to Zwift.com and if you want to try it out you can get a free seven-day trial as well but we had we've had a lot of crashes the last few days Benji the Peloton's been really nervous and that sort of, it continued today, although there were less large-scale crashes compared to yesterday. Yeah, certainly. Some crashes throughout the stage itself, but a very nervous peloton. Because once again, once you've got the tension of potential echelons, the nervousness to be in front, the team cars are probably shouting to the riders, keep yourself at the front. The echelons could happen at any point. Splits could happen. Because once again, the wind was pretty much on in the initial part of the stage. We saw short attempts at breakaways, but... It's basically because the echelons are a danger that the peloton keeps those breakaways within a, a certain margin. If everybody tries to storm to the front of the peloton, the tempo in the peloton enlargens, goes up, and as a consequence, those attacks are caught very swiftly. But some weird attacks as well. Off camera, we had Alzini going in the breakaway, small attack, very normal. Van Dijk making a move, I think that was during one of the echelon sections. And even Mariana Vos was in the breakaway for a second. She had six seconds for a bit off camera. And I don't know what happened there, but she eventually got caught again after like 15 seconds in total or something. So not the craziest attack, but it was interesting to see very early on, early on in the stage, 120 kilometers to go. But an attack that stick for a bit longer was Femke Heritze, who went in the breakaway together with Shabby. And they actually started fighting for the Queen of the Mountain jersey, basically. And Femke was the one that was taking that away from her previous, well, the previous QOM leader, which is Femke Marcus, also a rider from Park Hotel. So they're giving it from, from Femke to Femke at the Park Hotel team, his jersey at the moment. So yeah, she ended up taking the QOM jersey today. An attack by Amal Yusik a bit later. That's still with still 50k to go once we enter those final sectors of the race. And then splits started happening in the peloton. And Lorena Wib is behind. And Van Vleuten was gone at the front. What was happening there? Apparently... She was doing a Tom Dumoulin 
which was, yeah, she was sick because it wasn't a planned toilet break or just caught short. Well, she was caught short. Um, apparently, she'd been feeling sick the last few days. And, yeah, it like, wasn't an ideal time to go to the toilet because they were in the middle of this hill section and teams were sending it. Vibas had been on and off. I think Kapeki's positioning as someone who picked her had me a little bit nervous as well. So, yeah, it's just... So hopefully something that she can get over. It's not something that the teams really capitalized on today with her having a bad day. Um, and even the way she rode the Cote de Mutiny climb, I thought was pretty strange. Maybe she was just trying to set a tempo she was comfortable with and she was bluffing. Uh, but off her pacing, Pertinio, I think, was dropped, her only surviving teammate. And as I said yesterday, when I didn't like it for the stage, I thought that 11Ks is a long time before the, the Mont Bernon to be doing things solo. You know, so interesting from Van Vlerten. I think she she got through eventually. But yeah, hope, I don't know, Benji. Like, can you... Dumoulin said that he, he always went well the day after having diarrhea. I swear he said that in an interview. I remember, uh, yeah. I have no clue, and I don't think I want to discuss that topic right now. I think when it comes to Von Vleuten, it was clear that... winning tomorrow. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> she can win tomorrow as a consequence of this. But now, nah, like like you said, she had been feeling not okay last few days. She did a said in the interview after this race. But when it comes to this race, though, she indeed came back because her entire Movistar team dropped back to get her back to the peloton before that mutiny climb. And in that process, Wibbs and so forth came back, but that's kind of irrelevant because the Mutiny climb is going to drop Lorena Wibbs anyway. So everything kind of comes back together except for the fact that we've got Amal Yusik still up the front who takes uh, the first spot in the intermediate sprint. We've got uh, another rider, Bredewold, once again, same attacker as in stage one, also in the breakaway, taking the second spot in the intermediate. And I think Kopecky won that intermediate from the peloton with Voss second. So a clear fight between Voss and Kopecky at that point, and in the last few days, to be honest. But on paper, Voss is quite a bit ahead with that stage win. And Kopecky will need to find a stage win somewhere, perhaps on this stage still. But like you said, she had a bit of a move earlier in the stage, but towards the end of the stage, I didn't really see her too much. And that Mutinique came, you said it. We had pace from Van Vleuten at the start, but I feel like when we saw that, Climb Molman is the one that really ups the tempo a bit in the middle of the Mutiny climb, and AVV starts throwing her bike left and right to try to follow that. And Volring, I don't know if she saw that, but she moved to the front past Molman and she started pacing with Hade at the front. And that was the uh, the nail in the coffin for a tiny bit at least for Mariana Vos, Utrup Ludwig, and also Labou, Juliette Labou. Those three riders were caught off the back of that group. The group's now thinned out to a very limited amount of riders. Your side pick from yesterday, Leona Lippert. Van Vleuten still surviving on the top here. Longo Borghini, Molman, Garcia, and Persico. Persico, like, she's riding a hell of a Tour de France swim so far. She is officially climbing sprinty girl status, like team making it over this hill. And then, and ah, she wasn't all right too good in the final sprint, but it wasn't flat either. But yeah, she definitely can get over hills and then contest sprints afterwards. She spent a lot because... On this climb, it's a repeat of, I think, Liège 21. Ludwig and Voss were dropped by Van der Brecher, who was pacing for uh, Vollering back then before she retired. And 
Voss is getting, I think, finessed a little bit by Ludwig. Like, it took a long, long time for that group to come back because ahead, all the impetus came out of the chase, out of the front group when Vollering crashed. She entered a left-hand corner on the hoods, slipped out. Don't know if she touched brakes. Don't know. The French commentator said it was glissant, which I assume means slippery road surface. Lip behind her, reacting, presumably touches brakes. She goes down. And so Mulman's left in this group with Longaborghini, who's going for GC, we know that, and Van Vlerten, who's having an off day, and Persico, who's eight seconds behind Voss. So she can take yellow if Voss is off, stays off the back and she can put more than eight seconds into her through bonus or on the road. She starts pulling with Longaborghini, and the chase behind, eventually Voss and Ludwig go past, the crash riders, but then they join up with them. And there's a group like six all changing turns, but it took a long time to come back, particularly when it was just ELB, Anamique, sort of half and half pacing in Persica. And I feel Voss is doing a lot of the work, I think, uh, to come back is, is what I'm trying to get at here. What did you see? I think Moolman, when she was coming through, was just blocking. You could hear see on the commentary, SD Works, director was saying don't pull but um i think she was just blocking or slow pacing when she pulled i don't know i had a mixed feeling about it like i was looking at the race and at certain points it looks like she was pacing quite a bit at certain points it was like slower and it was clear that the sd works team car was probably saying to wait like you mentioned and we we have volring coming back lippard by the way during that crash not even in that second group she's behind so labus certainly suddenly the first rider for dsm as well and Labou keeps pacing. She was pacing behind Lippert earlier. She keeps pacing now. So there's a clear choice there when it comes to leadership that Labou is like the leader here, I would dare to say, for a DSM based on that assumption so far. But you're right. Voss was one of the main engines in that chase. I'd argue that Utrup Ludwig also tried to work a bit, but they can benefit of the fact that Voss needs to try and save her yellow jersey. They can try and eat her plate first before eating their own plate of energy, if that makes any sense. That's a Dutch trans- sentence, but I just translated that very literally. What's the anyway, other one about potato? That bread and wool was in a, was it chasse-patat? Chasse-patat, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when you're completely done for. Yeah, that was before. But yeah, that's another, I don't know if that's a Belgian or Dutchism. Um, or it's even indeed French. But yeah, they, what's curious here is, Annemiek van Vleuten was able to come back after being dropped on the last climb of the day. They all come back. Uh, the Ludwig Voss group with Vollering, Lippert was unfortunately, we didn't see, but she might have taken a longer time to get her bike set up or I don't, I don't know what happened. I think Lippert was going to win this stage still. I think she was cost the win by this crash, uh, Vollering in front of her, but they get to Mont Bernard. Mulman paces it hard. ELB follows it, no problem. There's bonus seconds ahead. Nivea Dome is looking good too. Uh, but Longaborghini takes the bonus. And Annemiek van Vleuten's like properly dropped. Not just like, oh, that she didn't want to contest the bonus sprints. She was like 10 to 15 seconds yeah. dropped. And the group in front doesn't really realize yet. And they put Vollering on the front. If I was to, to design SD Works two-liter strategy, Benji, it would have been both Vollering and Mulman pull, and they try and convince Longaborghini to. She won't, but try. And Nivea Doma, who knows, she might pull. Like, yep. it's Nivea Doma. And both pull hard. 
And then I don't even know about the final sprint. I still, I would have liked Vollering last year, but I think asking Vollering to go on the front, who's going to conserve for the sprint as well and not put more time into Van Vleuten and Wilma not pull, that's just not the optimal way to do it from my perspective. And you have to pull. It's Van Vleuten. You can't take any mercy. Yeah, I think so as well. They didn't really benefit from the weakness that Van Vleuten had on that final climb. And yeah, you're right. 10, 15 seconds is quite a bit. And if they keep that up throughout the finish line, then it's going to be hard for Van Vleuten to come back. And to be honest, like I thought Van Vleuten was like properly done for on the climb. And I'm still shocked even with the tempo that they rode in the front group, which was not the fastest, but also not. They were not riding tourist tempo a la Philippe and Fulsang in that Amstel of like two, three years ago. Uh, last kilometer that everybody came back like this is a, a bit different than that they were still pacing and von Vleuten was able to come back to that and it looked like she was completely done for when she arrived at the back of the group and she stopped like five meters from it then retried to get to the wheel it was it was crazy but it's a wonderful performance to get back to that wheel clearly not in the best form of her life at the moment and she kind of saves it there and you're right sd works the the question there is what was their plan for the final, like you mentioned? Like, when I saw this profile, we see those 14% sectors in there. Then you start thinking, is it too much for a Volring perhaps to, to have that happen? But she was pretty damn good on Murdovi back in the day. Like, I would on paper have said Volring before this stage. Yeah, because, I think so. But we obviously don't know the internal thought process there. I. I don't think they like working for each other. We've seen that throughout the season. Let's be honest about it. And throughout this finish, I I was expecting Molman to get to the front and to start doing a lead out for Volring to increase her chances of winning this race. And that was not the case at all. Yeah, I think I think Molman had better legs, but it's hard to know for sure. I mean, it looks like that from the results sheet. I think the fact that it was so steep probably tilted it in woman's favor that being said i don't think she's i don't know i don't think she's even well <laughs> i was about to say i don't think she's better than new Doma on this finish but new Doma does what she does she kicked really really early with voss in the wheel and it looks like it's going to be voss a repeat of yesterday who's going to come out of the wheel late and in fact it's ludwig in the danish national champs jersey coming from nowhere and just destroys everybody to take her second world tour win and the biggest win of her career. She's not won a race apart from the Danish national champs since that World Tour Burgos first world tour win last year. And she put two seconds on the road into Mariana Voss in this finish. Now, I know Voss had to work pretty hard in the last half an hour, 40 minutes of this race. And I think that did make a difference. But Ludwig on these sort of finishes she seems to be very good and I, I don't she's not she's not really repeated the murder Hui 2020 or 2021 performance in the last year from what i've seen on the on the sort of three minutes very steep and even on mutiny she literally got dropped on a murder we equivalent yeah. in this stage exactly but on the shallower or very short punches like today, like that profile in the Basque country, Ojo Guareña was 1,200 metres, 5%. And she beat Van der Brecher and 
Nivia Doma and uh, Longoborghini on that last year. So she seems good at the stuff that doesn't require three sort of three minutes plus, two minutes, two and a half minutes plus really high watts per kilo, but she's got a really good 20-second burst, 15-second burst if it's a drafting sort of climb or just a really short punch is what I can see. Or she just had a good day. Could be that as well. Yeah, I think so as well. And I agree with your analysis when it comes to a triple Ludovic again. It seems like there's also a, a two-part attack in there. Like we see in today's finish that it's got the steep portion first, then it flattens out towards the finish line. Is it because it flattens out that she's got the chance to come back and so forth? Because her positioning on the steeper section was like, I don't I didn't expect her to win at all until we came to the part where it flattens out. And that kind of equivalence to the top of Murahui that kind of flattens out at the top. So Perhaps there's that thing where she's got that extra kick after a steep section while the others spent it on the steep section. I think so. I think Nivea Doma also triggered Voss early as well, and maybe that let Ludwig moderate her efforts a bit better. Uh, but yeah, she wins the stage ahead of Voss. Mulman third. She takes four bonus two. Persico fourth. Longoborghini fifth. Nivea Doma sixth. They're all on two seconds. Garcia seventh on six. Vollering on eight. Labu on 11, Van Vleuten on 20. So she really was having a bad day. She was lucky to not lose a minute today, and she could have easily. Uh, Voss retains yellow for now, 16 seconds ahead of Persico and Nivea Doma, Longoborghini on 21. She has 30 seconds on Mulman, who has six seconds on Vollering. Annemie Van Vleuten's on 114. Voss will... She retains yellow, so she won't wear green, but she's leading green. Vibas will uh, wear green on her behalf tomorrow. KOM, it's Femke Goritza, as Benji already mentioned. Julia de Vilda still leading the young riders because it's under 23. Ken Schramm leading tween, uh, team. So FDJ, horror day yesterday. Horrific. Cavalli, I think she confirmed or the team confirmed that she has no fractures in her skull. Um but hopefully she recovers. That doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't have any other injuries. So hopefully she recovers after that terrible crash, but nothing better for the team than a big, big win and a surprise win today. And a few things went Ludwig's way. She played it smart, I think, as well, but she was the strongest in the finish. I definitely still think Liana Lippert got really unlucky here. She's lost two minutes in the in the end, and so that suggests to me that there's she might also have been a bit banged up and injured after that crash because um, she was on like 40 seconds and it's gone to two minutes because yeah. you look at her club to fossil loop 20 uh in the 2021 yes last year the course super fast on that sort of thing so anyway big shame for her but Labu's good any last thoughts on this finish before we preview tomorrow benji honestly i really enjoyed it the stage brought a lot more than i thought it would i thought that there would be moves on that mutiny climb but also the splits beforehand and so forth and there's some weakness when it comes to Von Vleuten. I, I don't wish that upon Von Vleuten anyway when it comes to this, though. Like, I don't like seeing a rider being ill. I'm happy that we didn't have a rider for GC crash out of the race like yesterday. That's a big win when it comes to today's stage. And honestly, looking more and more at Longoborghini, I'm starting to feel like that move from yesterday to get away, the move from today, she gains time on certain competitors throughout. Like... Her position in GC is quite well, and that's an advantage that is going to be useful in the mountains, because in the mountains, I didn't rate Longoborghini on the same level as some of her other competitors. So 
that advantage will be useful there. So it's so intriguing that we've got people already taking an advantage on these first few stages, with the mountains being the ones where they're not on paper the same level as a, a top von Vleuten, but will von Vleuten be at the top level? Apparently, Norsgaard said in a, an interview to uh, ATV, I think Danish TV, I'm not sure about that, that uh, she's uh, she's getting better along the way. So hopefully for her, by the time we reach the mountains, then we can see a full-scale von Vleuten launch and uh, do some damage. Hope well. Tomorrow, I think Trek need to go all in on Longaborgini GC. Her legs look really, really good on the short climbs her handling is superb her race savvy well i mean in unstall last year i didn't like it but she definitely does know how to work her way around a group she won paru bay this year in a long um what she win that by 23 seconds like she can stay away solo she won strata before second in strata last year she's won plue last year i think tomorrow which i'm foreshadowing is the chemin blanc Stage from Troy to Basel-sur-Aube, 126k. As you can tell, I've just come from France or Paris today. Uh, the long drive. It has four white gravel sectors. They, the majority of which, three of which, are after a sort of one to fifteen hundred meter short punchy climb, six percent. One of them, the third one, is five and a half k's at three percent on the gravel. Uh, there is some gravel descending, two short ones in the second sector, and I think Trek should launch a raid with Van Dyke up up the road. They have to, and I know it sounds very, very harsh, but Van Vleuten's team is not as good as Trek. Van Vleuten's weak at the moment. Well, was weak today, no guarantee tomorrow, but yep. not looking good. SD works. I would say Kapeki disappointed me today a little bit. Uh, Majerus and Royce might not be on their best form. We don't know. They might be, but are they going to be on their spring form? I'm not sure. Trek looked good. Longaborgine looks good. I think get, you get Van Dyke up the road, if possible, or called on Rago or someone like that, Satellite Rider, and then you have a Longaborgine attack to her, and you try and take a minute plus tomorrow. Yeah, I think this is one of the stages, one of the last, uh, well, there's a few stages left, but this is an opportunity where those teams with strong team formations can try and indeed damage Van Vleuten. You're right, it's harsh, like, it's harsh, like, trying to benefit from the from the state that Van Vleuten is in, but is, if that is the way to win this, this Tour de France Femme, it's, it's the way to do so. But it's not only about Van Vleuten, it's also about the other competitors around. Is the, If there's a chance to drop one or two riders that you're fighting with when it comes to the podium, that's a pretty damn big deal already as well. So I think Longoborghini finishing the Tour de France Femme on the podium would already be amazing. But if she can do better, that's, that's even greater. And I think it's indeed a stage where that team should try something. When it comes to, uh, when it comes to SD Works, it's so difficult to like figure out what they're going to do. Because on paper, you'd say that they've got two leaders. They can play those together well, but they, they don't really play together well. I I. Always, when they're in a group with two, expect them to not actually ride for each other in the end. But today it felt like, at certain points, Volring was riding for Molman, and not necessarily that they weren't riding for each other. Or you think I'm wrong in that? Well, also, but then you have Molman waiting for Volring so that fast riders come back 
and AVV comes back for Vollering to lead out the sprint for Mulman. Like there's also some in that's not lining up to me either. Um, like if you're happy with Mulman for the finish, yeah, you should be happy with Persico, Longaborghini, Mulman, and a not very well Van Vleuten. And so I think they then tried, I don't know, they they might have missed a trick. I don't, uh, it's hard because I myself, before the race, was saying, SD Works should do this, SD Works should do that, based on my expectation of their form from other races, from Peak Royster, who has been a beast all year, Vollering winning every stage in GC of Basque, I think. Yeah. Um, and maybe then they're not in that shape. Maybe Kopecky's not either. But it'll be interesting tomorrow, like, whether SD works, are they just going to go for the stage win for Gepecki, who's not, who needs points and who hasn't won a stage yet? Or I don't know. But I think the team with Balsamo, Cordon Rigo, Van Anroy, Van Dyke, Longaborghini, they're looking really, really good. And, and I'm expecting, I think Longaborghini wins the stage tomorrow. Anyway, that's all from us today. Thanks for listening. As always, should be another cracking stage at Twitter France, Fam of Exwift tomorrow. And we'll see you with a recap of it then. Ciao. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.